You're listening to On the Pole Podcast with your pole sitter, Earl. And outside front row, Derek Carpaletti. That is shoving the hot dog in the bun right there. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the On the Pole Podcast. I'm the pole sitter, Earl, as usual. And I'm joined by outside front row, Derek. I'm going to welcome him in in a second. But I'm not going to waste another moment before I get to it. The big news of the weekend, the big happenings, the greatest finish in NASCAR history. This episode is brought to you by the number 99. So yeah, we we ran a race this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and it was an amazing race. That's the consensus from the fans, is that it was exciting. And at the end of it all, Daniel Suarez, Trackhouse Racing, my number one favorite driver, one, the Ambetter 400 in Atlanta. And uh, I can't get enough of it. That's why I keep saying the phrasing. That's why I keep saying the branding. That was a moment of a lifetime for a fan like me. I've been waiting my whole life for my driver to win a race like that on the outside. And yeah, so I got that part out. I'm excited. I've watched it a hundred times. Derek, I'm going to welcome you to the show now just to kind of balance things out and get somebody in here that's a little less uh, biased. So, how's it going? How Got did it. you enjoy the race? <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> I'm actually running three wide myself, as you can see. I got the uh, three wide battle of Bush going to the finish to oh, start yeah. this thing off. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, so, uh, it, we had talked before the show. Um, I I surprisingly had watched all three divisions this year. Uh, this week, I watched the truck, the Xfinity, as well as the Cup race, and the truck race was a truck race nothing nothing huge to take away from that the xfinity race was on the verge of of boring um a lot of just riding around the top i mean the ending kind of got good and the fuel mileage thing made it interesting but for the most part the race wasn't really that exciting so going into the cup race i was expecting to see a lot of the same so to be i'll be transparent with you the first stage i only kind of half watched and then it kept pulling my interest more and more as, as I was watching it. It was more of a distraction to what I was doing additional to the race. So I, I just said, fuck it. I need, I need to sit down and watch this thing. And I was from that point on pretty much around the point where, uh, from where William and the, uh, front row car got into it going down pit road from that moment on, I was just like fixated the whole race. Um, Audra was, uh, fixing up dinner and I'm like, if you're not watching this, I don't know what your problem is because this thing is this thing's fucking bonkers. <laughs> it was what they were running. What they did uh, four wide for like a lap and a half. Like yeah, and didn't wreck. Like the the four wide kept moving back row by row. Austin Cindric made an amazing uh, four wide pass on the bottom, got the lead, and then Truex just continued to drop back four wide after four wide. It was yeah. a crazy race. It was absolutely nuts. And then, of course, it came down to, so uh, my wife, Audra, is a big Ryan Blaney fan. Our dog is named after him. His name is Blaney Dog Carpaletti. Um, <laughs> and she was she was commenting to our dog, Blaney, going to the white flag, like, Blaney, you're going to win this thing. And I said, there's no way he's going to be able, there's, there's like 30 cars behind him. All Any of them could win this race. There's no way he's going to be able to stop all of those runs and all the momentum and all the angles that are going to be coming at him. And he damn near did with the most wild 
three wide, clean, no wreck finish in a taper space or race and track I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Speak, you know, some of our listeners were, were quite interested in uh, whether or not a race like that would change our opinions of tapered space or racing. And I feel like, uh, yeah, it changed my opinion. Like, if it's going to be like that every time, that's what I want. Like, the way they were throwing each other down you know, and trying to get to the bottom and slide up. Like that's exactly the kind of racing people want to see. It's a hybrid of a mile and a half and a tapered spacer race. Right. Uh, you know, unfortunately the, the way Atlanta's aging, I'm not sure it's going to stay that way, but that was an amazing race. Like if, if you know, I, I just, it was amazing. If you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. <laughs> I literally almost just said that myself. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I don't know. I guess, like Kyle Larson said, I don't know if I'd want to see it every week. I think no, no Atlanta, way. at least until it changes to the point where it doesn't have this kind of racing, I think uh, it needs to be a one track kind of thing. I mean, it separates itself completely from Daytona and Talladega for sure. And that's what makes it unique. And, you know, NASCAR is they're going to want to replicate that formula eight times a year, which is not necessary. It kind of takes away from the, the uniqueness of it. But <clears throat> we had mentioned last week um, how it's it'd be awesome if it became like the perfect blend between um, a, a taper spicer race and track <laughs> as well as like the slipping and sliding of a mile and a half track and it, it couldn't have honestly couldn't have been much more of a perfect blend than that. Yeah. I don't know if you caught Denny's podcast or not all the way through, but Denny mentions that Goodyear was working with them on trying to get a grippier, softer tire mm -hmm. to work at Atlanta. He also mentioned that a lot of times they'll tell them that and they'll test a ton of tires and show up with something completely different. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, the, you know, hopefully they try to move towards something like that, maybe in reaction to the way the track's aging. But uh, it put on a really good show. And personally, just while we're at it, we might as well go ahead and change Texas. Like, Texas is an absolutely mm. worthless racetrack. <laughs> it's been that way for, like, my whole life. Uh, you know, except for maybe a couple of years in the mid-2000s. And that's just because cool people were winning it. But go ahead and bank Texas. Like, everything's supposed to be bigger in Texas. Why isn't your race a big-ass tapered spacer race? Oh, so remember when we were talking about doing like unique stuff for the clash? Yeah. If you're going to go bigger in Texas, double the banking and go right. Just re actually recreate Tiburon Speedway. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Tiburon Speedway would be amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah. Dude. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm into it. I don't know, but <sighs> that would, it's about that would time make my turn right. That would make my pants tight for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, you know the the second Atlanta race that's coming up later this year because it should be more of the same. The teams are going to know what to prepare for this time. I'm sure the manufacturers are going to have some words because Austin Cindric played a little bit of a role in that race last night. I'm not sure what uh, you know what he was supposed to do differently if he's trying to get wins for himself and positions for himself. Like, what if he needs those points coming down to the end? But Austin Cindric did everything he could on the last lap to not give Daniel Suarez a push. And he, you know, he did. He ended up giving him a bit of a push. And the other thing was obviously Kyle Busch taking him three wide created a situation where they all slowed each other down. Um, 
but so so what was what were your you're obviously a big Daniel Suarez fan and there's, there's not a lot to get excited about most of the time what what were your emotions going through those like last couple laps where he's up in the mix um you know yeah and, he, I mean, and Ross was coming up he was you know he came back from the lap down he was working his way back through and I personally was looking for a little bit of bag boys action yeah. um but knowing Ross he would just get to Danny and, and ditch him so what were your range of emotions for that well, you know, what was it? Uh, I, I believe they restarted that last restart with five to go. And I was definitely overreacting from that point forward. Uh, every lap or so, I would criticize something Danny did. And be like, oh, no, there he goes. There he goes. You know, fucking another one. And then the next lap, he'd continue to get that push and kind of fight Kyle Busch. You know, obviously, like you said before, Blaney was doing a great job, and the fight was between Kyle and Danny for those first couple laps on the restart, side by side. And, uh, yeah, so I just kept being like, yes! And I was yelling, and I was was crazy. (laughs) And and then I, you know, get really down. And my wife, who actually is, uh, you know, her nickname is 99, (laughs) she's sitting (laughs) next to me like, he's not out of it yet. He's not out of it yet. Calm down. And, uh, you know, I've seen Daniel Suarez run up front at the ends of races a lot. And it just feels like one of those things where something was going to happen. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. I'm not over it (laughs) at all. Uh, Like I said, that's a win that I've been waiting for my whole life. Like Tony Stewart had a lot of cool wins, but that, that was special. Have you uh, ever? Yeah, I thought. (laughs) 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 We've seen it a few times, I guess. Nothing like that. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Not not <laughs> that, that was... close, that three wide. And then the guy who, the, the biggest thing is, even as a Soros fan, I can admit, out of those three drivers, he's not the one you expected to come out with the victory. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much more significant. Um, yeah. Look, when they showed the, uh, so we were like freaking out trying to figure out who won. At first glance, we thought Blaney got it. Um, but the pylon on the screen said Suarez. And then they went back and showed that slow motion video and like Blaney's nose creeped into the frame. I'm like, oh, he's definitely got it. But then out of nowhere, the Amigo comes slinging in there at the very end. And I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Yeah, I don't either. It was really hard to see Soros's name jump to the top of the pylon like that. And it was like, oh, they did it. Timing scoring, right? Like that's the guy. <laughs> And uh, and then, like you just said, they did that thing in slow motion, and you can't even see the 99 car in the first couple of frames. Mm -hmm. You see Blaney, and you see Bush, and they're getting closer to the line, and it's like, there's not enough time in in this slow motion (laughs) video for another car to pop in. And he did. Like, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, this is the first time in, like, 15 years where I'm sitting here with a driver that I know is going to make the playoffs, and we got opportunities to try stuff. Like, what a huge win. What a huge race, like, for NASCAR, for Atlanta mm. Motor Speedway, for Trackhouse. Trackhouse has seven wins now. Yep. That's wild. Incredible. Yep. And, I did not it, root for Trackhouse. Seven wins in, what, really only three full-time seasons with only a two-car team. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, absolutely. Including a win with a third car. <laughs> with with SVG, which oh is also, yeah, you know, yeah, forget, I you forgot all about that. Of this decade, of the 2020s decade, the and this has been mentioned on Reddit and the teardown and everything else, but 
three of the most significant events in NASCAR, the top three of this decade were trackhouse racing with SVG winning Chicago and uh, the Hail Melon. Mm. And now the three amigos win. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. That's, and I was actually thinking back, like, had we ever really seen a finish like that? And we kind of did um, back when they were not doing taper spicer race and they were doing the restrictor plate racing and they were doing the tandem and they had that Boyer Gordon Johnson weird six way going on. Yeah. Yeah. Tandem. <laughs> I love tandem racing. So I watch that highlight all the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that finish was obviously close. The tandem racing was obviously going to, you know, have a finish like that come down to it. Obviously, it wasn't as close. But that was a crazy, crazy race as well. <clears throat> One thing, um, we're kind of going to jump into like the like drivers we wanted to talk about, but let's talk about a team first. I know we didn't even pre-think this, yeah. but <clears throat> I was thinking about it earlier today, and it, it just came across my mind. How dominant is Richard Childers racing? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like in the Xfinity series? I mean across the board. I mean, they, I mean, it Richard wasn't a Richard Childers. Children. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a Richard Childers truck. But Kyle Busch wins Atlanta. Uh, um, Jesse Love just dominates the Xfinity Series, and then Austin Hill actually takes home the wins. <clears throat> and then you have Kyle Busch is clearly the class of the field in both Cup races. Just you know, not enough talent, not enough KFB in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the talent's there. He's got it locked away somewhere trying to act nice for sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think when he was at Joe Gibbs, he had this ticket to, like, you know, just be yourself. Uh, and, you know, that ran out eventually, but. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of funny if you think about Kyle Busch and the fact that, like, he's, he's, he's obviously softer now and he has, like, a. I don't know if he's being nicer for sponsors, but so when he had M&M's, a candy company <clears throat> as a sponsor, he was just a raging asshole. And now that he has like weed and tobacco products as a sponsor, yeah, bourbon, <laughs> he's just like a nice ho-hum guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the problem right there is uh, no one believes M&M's make you violent. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Like you said, like, yeah. All right, so our, you know, Kyle Busch and RCR, it's hard to look at them as the same entity. So, Kyle Busch won the truck race. Kyle Busch dominated. Well, he was a factor in the 500 and the Atlanta race. But even though he drives for RCR, it's hard to look at that and be like, is RCR, you know, dominant when they have Kyle Busch? Because Kyle Busch is independently amazing. Now, Austin Hill, that's another thing. Like, that was kind of crazy. He dominates all those tapered spacer-type races and then just kind of steals this one off fuel strategy. <laughs> <laughs> like, just someone had to win it, and instead of Jeremy Clements or something, it was fucking <laughs> Austin Hill, I guess, because he yep. wins every time we come here. Uh, you know, I, I'll admit it. So RCR did technically dominate this week. We'll see what happens next week when we get to Vegas. <laughs> You know, and they have to bring real cars to the racetrack. And uh, Austin Hill, you know, he's going to get lapped by Sheldon Creed and feel real silly about himself. Yeah, old Sheldon. Um, but in a serious note, how amazing of a start is Chevrolet out on for the beginning of the season? Chevrolet. 
It's never going to end. Yeah, I mean, these Chevrolets are doing a great <laughs> job. It's been a very long time since Chevrolet, uh, you know, won the first two races of a cup season. And uh, Dolly. Yeah, Dolly for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they won. They won both truck races. They won both Xfinity races, and now both Cup races. Was two thousand one the last time they uh, won the first two races to start a season in Cup with uh, Michael Waltrip and Steve Park? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to get a stat guy. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 Chevrolets have a rich a rich history, so um, I'm sure I'm sure they've accomplished it many times, but. But the fact that they did it in all three series so far is pretty pretty impeccable. It is. It is. Especially with uh, the way Toyota's doubled down in the Cup Series. They've not really seen the fruits of their labors yet and everything like that. And we had a very long debate about Chevrolet being behind this season, possibly mm-hmm. because of the new bodies coming in with the Cup manufacturers. And then, yeah, they're off to a great start. Yeah, just like uh, Just like it's 2005 all over again. Chevrolet dominance. Let's uh let's clip this and replay it in June when Toyota spanking everybody. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> you know if they are. Yeah. Um. What, what, what were some other drivers that really said the, the race was weird because it was a really good race, a lot of excitement, but like there was no drama. Like even the drivers who wrecked weren't even like pissed off. They they're all they all had fun. Yeah. It was uh like. <laughs> There's and and there really isn't a driver that like super to me stands out because everyone was in the mix. There wasn't like you know the two three guys that really um, like stole the show or or were real prominent players. Um, everyone really, you know, how many lead changes was there? Like six thousand or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's a little low. I don't know. It didn't feel like <laughs> it felt like a little more than that. I mean, just that first stint alone, the broadcast kind of missed it a little bit. But Larson and Kyle Busch just kept swapping the lead back and forth. And then McDowell kind of had it a little bit in between there as well. And that was just a taste of what was about to happen. Uh, That's one person you can point out is Kyle Larson, who doesn't have a lot of luck at these these, uh, tapered spacer races. And uh, (laughs) yeah. He tried. He was out there just wheeling and dealing and trying trying to figure it out. He said he had a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, and in the end, he ended up uh, getting taken out by Brad. I mean, Brad is inevitable, like like yeah. Thanos or something. Yeah, Kyle <clears throat> Kyle really uh, has a hard time with, with the old paper space horizon. Yeah. I mean, what was his introduction to the back then restrictor plate horizon? When the Xfinity is first start, when he got flipped into the fence, the whole engine came out. It's yeah, pretty much been that every race for him. For real. Like, uh, Denny mentioned it on his podcast, actually, that nobody rivals Kyle Larson in the amount of crashes he's taken at yeah. these places. And, you know, it that lines up. Kyle Larson's going for it all the time. I, I just always thought the way he sounded in his interviews that one day he was going to stop, like, like, trying so hard and so that he wouldn't take those wrecks and it looks like he uh let the excitement get the best of him he was you know out front and every time he had a run he took that run and they would slide each other and, and everything like that it was cool to see kyle and uh kyle, you know the kyle and kyle show mm-hmm. first of all and it was cool to see mcdowell run up front a little bit even though he ended up kind of getting squirrely on pit road and 
you know, that was the another incident in the race, like you said. Uh, oh, yeah. People got together. The crashes, not only did people not get mad, but the crashes didn't take out a ton of cars all at once. It started to kind of happen throughout the end of the race. Mm-hmm. But the big 17-car wreck or whatever they had, all those cars just had, like, right front damage. <laughs> like, how, how fucked up was that wreck with uh, Austin, or not Austin, uh, William Byron and uh, the 34 car? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was so weird. He just locked up his brakes, and then they're both sitting there on the apron while cars are zooming by. <laughs> no caution. And no that's caution. I thought for sure there was going to be a caution. Like, yeah, I'm sitting there as a fan trying to call it. Like, oh man, this is going to be good. Those cars on pit road, you know, going to keep their lap. And... and it's that's NASCAR's own demise. Honestly, is like they get criticized for being inconsistent. And granted, that would be they got it going and it was the, probably the worst time to throw a yellow flag as far as strategy and getting good cars a lap down that doesn't need to be. But they've also thrown a million cautions into the pit cycle. They, they didn't do it and it was probably the right call, but the next time when they do throw a caution under a pit cycle, that isn't completely necessary. Um, you're due for a conspiracy and more times than not, it's going to be a situation where like chase, it benefits chase Elliott or something. And then that just pisses off the other 40% of the NASCAR population. Yeah. And then also we have to deal with uh, the Hawkeye fans and everybody trying to call out every single instance from Mm. there on out as well. Like this time it occurred with no drama because it happened during that green flag cycle. But like you said, there's going to be a green flag cycle where whoever has their hand on that button decides to hit it one of these times you're absolutely right it it's a tough part of our sport like the rules and and the judgment calls there's a lot of them <laughs> and i i don't envy them having to be in that position yeah well said Daddy. <laughs> so i was actually texting with one of our, our good buddies uh cory ellis he uh we were talking about how william byron's car um with that red and black with the yellow numbers like in small glimpses kind of looks like the um, drive to end hunger, Jeff Gordon car from yeah. like whatever year it was red and black. Um, he's like, yeah, it, it really, it really makes me sad. Also, he ended up finding the same spot in the wall as Jeff Gordon did in 2015 <laughs> with that, with that wreck we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing during the race, especially once it started to kind of get a little dark. And the lights were shining on the car, so you could see that the car was really dark red. I thought the same thing. It's almost like yeah. I love seeing all these Jeff schemes on William Byron's car, but like, when does William Byron get to have his own identity? You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right, he's uh, he he has a car like Jeff Gordon, but he looks like Ricky Hendrick. <laughs> we swear, we just found him on iRacing. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Um. So that that. Pit, whole pit road thing that caused that wreck and almost like full five or six other wrecks i missed why it was happening um but so there's two different pit road speeds is that what i was yeah. gathering well uh, under green and under it's kind of confusing in a sense i believe it was the under green flag pit stops um the entry the commitment cone was on the back stretch so you weren't trying to dive out of turn three and four to get on pit road like normal. You had to enter back, kind of similar to how Phoenix is, where it's back off the back stretch. And so uh, under green flag conditions, they made it 90 miles per hour on the apron. That way you wouldn't be going 45 in traffic. 
So it's, it's 90 on the apron. And then when you get to actual pit road, it was like 55 or 45 miles per hour or whatever. But yeah, a <clears> bunch <throat> of drivers in a row, like didn't know that and jumped on the apron and got down on pit road. And then the people behind them were like, Whoa, it's 90. <laughs> and I had Denny <laughs> was one of them. And uh, I believe Ross actually was another one. Mm-hmm. Or no, I think Ross is the one who had to dive and miss Denny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, di- I didn't know that either. I must they probably explained it in pre-race or something, but yeah, I was like, what the hell is going on? Why why is there such a yeah. variant in speed and pit road entry? Yeah, I believe Mike Joy brought it up during the last uh you know, the last pit cycle in between the stages or whatever, mm-hmm. but and then it just so happened that they had a green flag pit stop during that next run. And and yeah. When the cycle started, they mentioned it as well because they were pitting in like smaller groups. It didn't seem like the whole come out in a pack thing mattered as much. It was more about minimizing time on pit road. Make sure you got that 90 instead of, you know, 55 or whatever. So it was just like everything else in that race. The pit cycle itself was like unique and different. The way the, the pack formed back up or lack thereof, I guess, was super interesting, you know, from my perspective. Yeah, that is that is pretty unique. Um, another weird idea for the clash. Um, okay. So we run an oval, but on pit stops, you actually have to like cut into the infield, do some kind of chicane. At you can, you know, it's a tight tight course, which is actually what winds you down. But you can take it as fast as you want, and then you come out to pit road and enter at at pit road speed. <laughs> okay, okay, this is on like a big track, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it at, yeah. you know, Texas or something. Okay. <laughs> we'll just turn Texas into a racing amusement park with, like, uh, all the stuff we want to try out. <laughs> I'll stop hating it. on Texas if you turn it into Tiburon and you, and you do a little infield uh, Gymkhana course before you have to hit pit road and then... You know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Any Daddy. idea for the Clash is better than uh, not admitting that the Coliseum is like, you know, the Coliseum was cool aesthetically. Yeah. And, and, and the racing isn't that good. I'm, I'm glad we did it, but let's not keep doing it. Let's, uh, yeah. let's race backwards and figure eight and, uh, you know, do all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. I feel like the clash, let's just go fucking wild. It's called the clash. Like there should be some clashing as well. Yeah. You know, they should just make it a go-kart race. Yeah, like qualifying is determined by a go-kart race, maybe. Yeah. All right, we'll get off the clash. (laughs) (laughs) This could be a three-hour conversation (laughs) of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I do have a question for you. All right. Um, I didn't watch the pre-race show, admittedly. I'm a a shitty NASCAR fan. Instead, I spent my NASCAR time watching a horrible broadcast of the truck race. But you had messaged me and said... um, Something happened to Joey Logano and gloves. Can you can you give me some insight? Yeah, so it happened. I found out in a weird order when that all went down. Was the first thing I saw was that he got his gloves taken. You know they were illegal, but that it was just because they had expired EFI regulations. I don't know what that acronym stands for, but you know there's safety on everything. That's the safety for the gloves. And uh, then you know like ten minutes after that, you find out that. The gloves had webbing inside the fingers. Webbing? Yeah, webbing. Like fucking like, Spider-Man? Like fucking Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know Joey Logano. Like, uh, you know, 
he's as versatile as sliced bread. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he had some webbing in his gloves. So when he when he puts his hand up against the window net like they do, they, yeah, uh, you know, like not like Spider Man, but like this, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, to block the air, and apparently. I'm not really a believer in this, but apparently blocking the air with your hand is a speed advantage, at least in qualifying. And they, you know, it's penalty right there. Just random glove penalty. You know, you gotta watch out for those glove penalties. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. I, I don't, I didn't really get to really dig in deep, but I did see that he had to start at the rear of the field, which might've been a, uh, a blessing, I guess, because half the field director have to start. So yeah. the other thing was I heard in the dark uh the dark Twitter verse that Daytona qualifying he allegedly was moving like the window net forward to block air too. I don't know if that's true, but I'll like as it like it was, you know, he grabbed the net itself and tried to yeah, either he was grabbing it or it was like slideable of some sort. But okay. I would assume that's all inspected. So I don't know that. That's all yeah. you say. It's interesting that they're finding new things to try. Yeah. I mean, with the uh, next gen car and everything, we knew that was going to happen. So mm -hmm. Joey came back from a lot though. Like he ended up, you know, wrecking himself off off the nose of Busher because he doesn't. Because <laughs> Joey's a bad blocker, to be perfectly yeah, yeah. honest. Uh, you know, he's a champion. He's won lots of races, but he's a bad blocker. Yeah. Despite that, yeah, he had to start in the back, and then he had to take a pass through, and that put him two laps down. And then lap two, there was a huge rack. That put him one down. You know, you can get one back. So he came all the way back and then, you know, fucked it up for himself and stayed in a, on a stage end nonetheless. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, everybody I... gives Roth shit for being a bad blocker, but I feel like Joey's the guy that I, I see that yellow 22 mm -hmm. just crashing a lot man i just love ross chastain though yeah <laughs> like, I, so I love track house <laughs> <laughs> i uh i came downstairs put the race on, on on the main tv and uh i didn't i knew ross had a, a pit road penalty of sorts but i didn't know the extent of it or how that really benefited him other than being in the back of the pack and I saw him coming down the back straightaway through three and four, and he had a crazy run. And my wife had her AirPods in reading a book, but I was still like commentating to her, anyways. And yeah, as, as we do, <laughs> I was, he's coming out during four, and I'm like, man, he's got such a run on Chase Elliott. He's just going to fucking rail him. And as soon as he got to him, he bumped him in the wrong spot. And he went around, and I'm like, I knew it. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a wild one. Yeah, and, you know, that's exactly what they were doing all day. I'm not really sure what happened there, honestly. I mean, it was a huge run, though. So maybe that's what happened. But yeah, and yeah, you know, and he just always makes such ex exciting moves. Like it could be for 15th, but he's like making them. I don't know. Maybe I just never, as a lifetime Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson fan, I guess I never pay attention to 15th. But um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe everyone's always been doing that, but man, he just makes it so much more exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's an overused phrase in racing where they, where a driver is really good and he, you know, he's really talented behind the wheel. Kyle Larson gets this said about him a lot. Uh, you can't take your eyes off him because he's always doing something exciting. Yeah. Like it's, he's the first driver that's come along where that's like actually true. 
You know what I mean? Like if you cut to Ross Chastain, he's doing something. It might be right. stupid. It might be cool. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, he's good television. Hold on, I gotta crack it to another Ross light. <laughs> <laughs> we had the Steve Weiser's podcast is filmed in the mountains of Bush on location. <laughs> we had we had Steve Weiser's, now we have Ross Lights. <laughs> so we talked about Joey's gloves and and how crazy that the penalty he might be getting more penalty i guess they're gonna um come out with that tomorrow um but some other things in the weekend that uh that are penalty penalty worthy i guess are uh the convertible truck in the craftsman truck series yeah how, <laughs> how wild was that <laughs> yeah i don't know like i didn't catch it at first because i had the broadcast muted <laughs> you actually texted me and said you know like hey the broadcast is bad yeah i got it muted it's so bad. It's so bad. I, you know, I don't want to disrespect Jamie Little or Phil Parsons or Michael Waltrip because I respect them all individually. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The there's something off. Anyway, the, the convertible truck. Yeah, apparently, you know, the you could see that the windshield was bowing, and you could see that something was going on, and then eventually the air caught underneath that thing. And uh, yeah, they were. Uh, you know, they got to Vegas a little early. They were doing a fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that you was know, wild. you know that they were doing something illegal, like that for that to happen. They were trying to push something. I mean, tr- the truck series last year. I, I don't watch truck racing typically, but uh, when when KFB's in the show, you, know, you gotta you gotta tune in. Yeah, yeah, naturally. But wasn't there a lot of penalties last year in the truck series with like window bowing and some other yeah. bullshit? Absolutely. And then you know, Harvick had some as well. Harvick mm-hmm. had had some in the Cup Series, I believe, in one of the races. So, oh, okay, so it's so, another new thing they're trying is break away pieces. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of Kevin Harvick, how many times can Stuart Haas get caught cheating <laughs> in reasonable fashion, and they still can't win a damn race? I know. They haven't Absolutely. won a race in what two years, almost. Well, other than like one or two here and there, yeah, but yeah, Harvick stole some wins. Yeah, second to last season of his or whatever it was, I think. Or was that mm. last year? I don't know. I, honestly, I think the last win was uh, the bacon car. Whoever drove that. <laughs> the bacon car. Yeah, I don't know. Some professional bowler. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Stewart House sucks. You know what I mean? I grew up a Tony Stewart fan, but there's no other way to put it. Like, we're not the most friendly podcast. We're just a couple of guys. Like, we can say how we feel. You know what I mean? Uh, a couple of fans. You know, we earned it. So, I don't yeah. know. Uh, the, the, we know everybody's out there trying stuff. We know everybody's trying to gain an edge, gain an advantage somehow and everything like that. But Stuart Haas is the only one that seems to get caught as often as they get caught. Like, um, Yeah. <clears throat> with no with no, uh, no benefits being reaped. Yeah, and and you can kind of tell that they're pretty far away from finding something that's actually going to mm. work because they didn't put it on the four car or the fourteen car. Well, they might have, but they probably once those other cars went through tech, they probably took them off. Whatever, or whatever it was, I don't even know what it was. Who cares? Yeah, it was something <laughs> about a roof rail. You know? Oh yeah, that Dover race from two thousand five all over again. I'm sure the shocks <laughs> will bleed out and everything will be fine. You know what I like, mean? Like it's. Like Hendrick gets busted with like the louvers, but at least they're fast as fuck. Like yeah, Haas and they is often like... release some sort of explanation, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then they'll be like, "Well, we thought 
just, you know, we asked NASCAR. They didn't open our email. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And Stuart Haas, and they, they cheat all the time, which I'm sure everyone does to an extent, but you, there's they never show any more speed from it. Like, how far off are they if they're cheating and still run 20, 28th every week? For real. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some contentiousness between Tony Stewart and NASCAR still. You know, there mm-hmm. had to be repercussions for talking so much shit every time you got out of a car. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice. They're, they got a real likable driver lineup in a sense. Uh, but at the same time, there's not a driver on that lineup that I say can just, you know, other than Josh Berry, maybe it's going to be a future cup champion or even win multiple races or anything like that. Uh, that they all seem like the kind of guys that are going to steal a cup. You know, it's like they got four Eric Amarola's. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. That's not, that's not a good, that's not good. No, I mean, he's solid, but you, you got to have one Kevin Harvick at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if, if they're going to have anyone who prevails throughout the year, I feel like it will be uh, Josh Berry. I feel like he's the only one with any kind of actual potential that could, I mean, they all have potential, but I feel like he's the only one who's going to really stand out above the rest of the other the other team drivers. Yeah, I agree. Chase Briscoe, obviously, you saw it in, the, in Sunday's race. Chase Briscoe, if you give him a good car, he's going to go up there and he's going to wreck himself in you know <laughs> delightful fashion, at least, or something. You know what I mean? But dude, Clint Boyer was talking so much shit on Chase Briscoe. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at this ass clown. He's coming here. He can't even turn. He's just going to hit everybody. He did I, that I for about. I was driving that car. I would be doing a much better job. <laughs> he's like, he just kept talking so much trash on him that eventually he wrecked. And he's like, hey, I told you, he's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to be fair, he's right. <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. Usually he is, but in this case, not. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as a Soros fan, I was really nervous about that. And then Briscoe just barely missed him. <laughs> And, you know, took out a bunch of contenders, mm-hmm. you know, so I was pretty happy about it. Yeah, it was yeah. capping the cap of the weekend off. I think it was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, I can't complain. One of the best NASCAR races I've watched uh, in a long time. Absolutely. I've got the I've got the die cast. I, I heard this just before we logged in. I pre-ordered the race wind 124 version of the die cast. And mm-hmm. It's coming with a taco on the windshield. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Dolly. awesome. <laughs> Dolly. Yeah, hell yeah, I couldn't oh, be happier. Like, I'm never gonna get over it. Yeah, it was it was spectacular, and I, I don't want to beat you to the punch, but the um the race win merch is available. Oh, okay, yeah, got some more pre-ordering to do tonight. Yeah, yeah. I saw it on NASCAR Twitter. Okay, so we know what that's you're doing exciting. today. But, you know, I, I saw a quote from Soros uh, right before I, uh, again, I was just scrolling Reddit right before I logged in. He said, you know, this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. So, you know, that takes us to next week. Daniel Soros won this week. Next week, we're going to Las Vegas <clears throat> for, you know, some non-tapered spacer racing. Some uh, spacer racing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Open spacer racing. Or, I guess you just call it racing. <laughs> <laughs> all right so looking Dotty. forward to vegas 
I, probably the Pennzoil 400, I think. Yeah, I can just guess. It's always the Pennzoil or Quaker State 400 at Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what do you think? What do you think is going to go down next week, and who do you think is going to win? Well, I think you're going to have some uh, some good old-fashioned mile-and-a-half comers and goers. No more sucker holes. Yeah. Um, no more uh, bumping and grinding. <laughs> um, I think I just have this weird feeling um, that I don't, nothing, no, nothing to base this on. Obviously, they have a new car. Um, they did have decent mile and a half speed last, last year, but I just had this weird gut feeling that Brad Kozlowski is finally going to get that mm. win. He's going into triple digits now. Uh, no, yeah. no wins. So I think, uh, I think as much as I don't want to see his dumb face, I think Brad Kozlowski, uh, <laughs> I feel like he's finally going to come through at least it'll be a, a Roush Fenway Kozlowski incorporated LLC car is going to win that thing. But I think it'll be Brad. Okay. Dada. That's not a bad pick. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like... I don't know. I, I'd love to see a Brad win. I, I think, you know, like, uh, I've always had a soft spot for Brad, like, ever since uh, he almost killed Carl Edwards that one time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think, you know, before you do your pick, I think Brad Kozlowski is entering that phase that a lot of great drivers, not that he's great, but he's respectable for sure. But a lot of great drivers go through where, you know, everybody hated Jeff Gordon and then they loved him. Everybody, not everybody hated Tony Stewart, but he had, a good amount of haters yeah, and then everybody absolutely. loved him dale jr same thing uh jb johnson now people are starting to like him again um i feel like brad because kind of going through that phase where if he won it would be pretty accepted by by the whole community of nascar i agree yeah I, and it sucks because uh, it's all about how little you win like brad <laughs> You know, he left Penske and went to a team that was looked at as a little bit smaller or less resources, you know, or, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we all know what Roush has gone through. But, yeah, the less you win, the more people are like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool, though? <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're right. King's Hawaiian Rolls as a sponsor doesn't hurt oh, yeah. either. You know what I mean? Like my I wife, 99 over here, fucking sends me a picture every single day since Valentine's Day because I must have fucked up at Valentine's Day. And it's a it's a bouquet of just uh, King's Hawaiian rolls covered in butter. <laughs> you know, she sends me, she shows me that and is like, "I wish I wish you'd gotten me this." And then she shows me every <laughs> single day, like, "Wouldn't it be great?" <laughs> hey, you now you know what do you have to do for next year? Yeah, yeah, she can wait till next year to get some proper butter <laughs> rolls. You know what I mean? No, uh, I'd love to pick the ninety nine again. And uh, go back to back and everything like that. But I think that it being the first mile and a half of the year, it's uh, Las Vegas specifically, which has been one of the earlier, you know, it used to be preceded by California, I believe it was, Fontana. Um, but I think it's going to be Kyle Larson. I think we're just going to see a routine down there. You know, there's going to be drama. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine laughing at someone picking Kyle Larson, the <laughs> prodigy, the kid. Like no one's ever seen a guy drive a car before. It's like, <laughs> everything <laughs> Kyle Larson does is next level, you know? I don't know. I think it's going to be Kyle Larson. I'm not surprised Larson. about anything. Congratulations. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I'm done. <laughs>
Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand by my pick. You know what I mean? Right. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't see it. Get a little more competitive this week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're right. But it's uh, we Brad and Larson. They're, they, they're the ones. They were both involved in that wreck, trying to work together. <laughs> Atlanta. I had a feeling. Right. You know. We're just gonna head into our new game now. All right, let's hit it. What did he say? I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, never mind. What did he say? Maturity got pounded. What did he say? I haven't seen this much adolescent bumping and grinding since the prom. (laughs) Our whole show could probably just be those. Like, those are so good. (laughs) They're probably better than the actual content. (laughs) This content's horrible. Oh, no. (laughs) Hold on, I got one for you. Hold on here. We're just going to hold it like, we, like we're doing my interview. <laughs> Standing O's. Yeah, we're just going to hold it like we're NASCAR on Fox. I'm Regan Smith. I'm on the On the Pole podcast. And I'm here to tell you <laughs> what, you know. Yeah, that's a good lead in, I guess, for what the game we're going to play. Uh, we're about to play a quote game just like we played last week for the three people listening. You get to have a back to back consistent experience. <laughs> yeah so what we're gonna do is we're both gonna read a quote and then the other person's got to guess who said that quote and we don't know in advance who picked who and what what quotes are what we could even have the same the same quotes uh but the idea is uh to try to trick the other person and fool the other person and win meaningless points or you know not points It's, it's all about wins and losses really it's a pass fail thing so well, let's get into it. What do you got, Earl? Yeah. All right. So yeah, since last week you you last week we did three questions and you got me on all three because I wasn't <laughs> prepared and it wasn't a game we both got to play. All right. So <clears throat> here's the quote: "I was getting nailed from behind. I don't know. No fucking way. You stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I even asked you specifically." This is not the one I thought that you stole. Oh, okay. We we probably, you know, we've been watching racing. We've known each other for tons of years. Our papers are probably identical. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So obviously, you know who said that then, huh? So take the point. Well, I know who said it. It was Martin Truex Jr. He said, I was getting nailed from behind. So I don't know. And that's kind of like prison. Either get pounded or be pounded. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what it's like to be in prison. You know, I spent some time in the army. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean, thing. Thursdays. Uh, it sounds a lot like a Thursday. <laughs> all <laughs> right, so, so I got one for you then. All right, all right. <clears throat> it's like going to a haunted house. You know, it's fun, but I'm kind of scared for my life at the same time. Oh man, well I kind of remember this. I, I actually was paying attention to the race the whole way because I believed in it. So <laughs> uh, he was leading at the time. Was it Todd Gilland? It was Todd Gilland. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Gilland had a hell of a week, you know? But, you know, um, going through a haunted house and having fun and being scared for your life at the same time, that's kind of like living in, a Bi- in Biden's America. 
Thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go late. Lick the world. Let's get it. <laughs> oh, man. You got another Did one for me? Lick? Did he say lick the world? He said lick. Let's go lick the world. Let's get after it, buddy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, he is the president. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, respect. take that advice in stride, I guess. All right. All right. I run well, but I finished like ass, and I'm sick. <laughs> All right. Um, run well, but I finished like ass, and I'm sick of it. I'm going to say Joey Logano. I don't have the sound, but... Burr, burr. <laughs> I don't even no. think I do either. No. No, it was uh, Denny Hamlin. Denny, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin. I heard the lead on that one because all of my uh, preparation for this podcast came from Denny Hamlin's podcast. We're <laughs> <laughs> just riding the coattails. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's good. It's not going to get us uh, a championship or anything like that, but you know, we might be a respectable, you know, week to week podcast. <laughs> but Denny, but Denny Hamlin, um, he may run like ass but isn't he the one who licks ass <laughs> yeah, he's, just, he's just uh do, doing what the what the nation asked him everything is country. <laughs> <laughs> no i really think he does and then that come out <laughs> no you're yeah i mean if you believe the, the what is it the court transcript <laughs> the twitter files there's a leak i don't know if you believe the, the leak of the leak, yeah. then yeah. They ended up he ended up getting engaged to that woman after all that. Yeah. Yeah. Dolly. <laughs> so now uh Jordan Fish has one ring and Denny has none. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Denny wears a ring, but it's not on his finger. <laughs> Hold on. Oh boy. Oh, oh <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I like that one. That was good. All right, you got another one? I don't. I suck. I'm a piece of shit. Oh, did we already do two? I, we did two. Yeah. I, I was got the first one wrong. That's what it was, right? Yep. Well, well, yeah. Do you have another one? I did. I just didn't write it down. Oh, well, we both suck. So, yeah, we both suck. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was a tough week because they didn't do a ton of media like they did for the Daytona 500. And then on top mm. of that, the race was pretty routine. Like, Everyone yeah. pretty much got out of their car and was like, well, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I just want to do it again. I don't care. Like, how do you have a 17-car wreck and nobody's like, dude, fuck that guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the, the thing was the wrecks were big. Not even always big, but there there were some big wrecks. But no, not a lot of people were completely damaged and out of it either. Like, a lot of yeah. them still ran. And that ended up being what contributed to some repeat wrecks later. I mean, not just it, obviously there was a lot of aggression and everything like that, but it just gets heated up out mm-hmm. there. And all those other cars, like once you, I feel like once you go through a wreck and you fix the car up and you make it back up front, you're on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and half the field was like that. Before the last restart, they said there was only three cars that hadn't been involved in a wreck or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that list kept shrinking. As, yeah. as the race. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that the list existed when the race was like over, probably. So, all in all, 
uh, tapered spacer racing two weeks in a row. It was awesome. Yeah, but I am I am a little excited to see some regular mile and a half slipping and sliding comers and comers and goers fuel mileage the whole the whole thing yeah. the whole bit as but, you would like to say <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> look at that you went the whole episode without saying the whole bit and i think i went the whole episode without saying goodness oh, oh goodness oh goodness, oh, goodness. I just no no it. no <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like soft dw like, oh good <laughs> oh jeez yeah i don't know all right you know, it was an amazing race, and I'm in. I'm tapered space of race, and but you're right. Like, it, I'm excited to get to Vegas and uh, get my stage two nap back. You know what I mean? Like, you get it all <laughs> off season. I can't sleep without without some like hum of a boring race happening in the background. Yeah, I'd like it's just nice, relaxed, boring race. Honestly. So next week's content will just be stage three only. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's gonna <laughs> break out in stage three. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what happened. Didn't it just go black? For- <laughs> <laughs> for the whole middle section for you too yeah all right dude yeah we really got to get some play out music here yeah you're right you're absolutely right and I, I, I want it to be similar to somebody saying like you can't use our podcast without the express written consent oh, of of like that's good you know yeah. not us but somebody <laughs> the rights to on the full podcast are officially licensed and recommended by your doctor yeah, or, or you know th- there are no rights to our podcast because there's only lefts on a nascar podcast <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah that's it that'll be the official we'll have a graphic and everything for next week so until then we'll see everybody next week later Peace. dolly <laughs> hold on dolly <laughs> all right nine nine